Kevin looking. Long to the basket. Yo, yo, whoop, whoop, yo, yo. There's no ball like college basketball. So let's get the dipping wings together and get the boys and girls over. Because it's about to go down in college basketball time. This episode of The Needle is brought to you by D1CoachCorner.com. Your source for Division I college basketball. Thank you once again for tuning in to our 41st episode of The Needle. Again, my name is Jack Williams, owner and operator of D1CoachCorner.com. Your source for college basketball news, rankings, and predictions. D1 Coach Corner is the number one source for college basketball preseason predictions and college basketball coach evaluations. The Needle College Basketball Podcast will bring to you 52 weeks of college basketball talk on topics dealing with Division One college basketball coaches and their teams. In this episode of The Needle, we'll be going over week three of college basketball and we will see which teams have moved the needle either up or down. And then we will look into some of our outstanding players of the week and then our new coach impact segment of the show, which will highlight coaches who have recently taken over a team and has positively impacted that team as a result of him being there. And if you like our show, go subscribe to our iTunes and YouTube channels. Let us continue to be your number one source for preseason college basketball predictions and college basketball coach evaluations. Now, a lot of good games were played this week, but no real big upsets, however. We saw the battle of two coaches who desperately need to have a good season. That matchup was Texas at Georgetown in the 2K Classic. Texas coach Shaka Smart needed this more than coach Patrick Ewan did, in my opinion. We saw the emergence of DePaul, who looks as if they were going to surprise a lot of people this season. This DePaul team is going to be competitive every game this season. So let's go over some needle-moving games for week three of college basketball, starting with Monday, November 18, 2019. SMU at Evansville. This SMU win over Evansville does two things. It helps SMU's resume and kills Kentucky's resume. Now, let's be real. Kentucky is going to make it to the NCAA tournament without a doubt. But this SMU game against Evansville could affect the seeding of Kentucky in the tournament at the end of the season. Kentucky has been struggling with these small teams for some reason this season. This win is a good win for SMU due to the fact that it's a true road game against a team that defeated the number one ranked team in the country. That was the only needle mover for Monday night. Now, turning to Tuesday night, November 19, 2019, we had Boston at South Carolina and Houston at Rice. That was a bad loss for the SEC South Carolina. Boston University beat South Carolina on their home court. Good true road game for Boston University, however. The road to the postseason tournament for these two teams is an uphill battle, however. Now, turning to Houston at Rice, although this game was closer than what the score says, Houston pulled out a true road win against this Conference USA team. Let me say again, as I've been saying all year, this is not the same Houston team from the 2018-2019 season, but yet still a very dangerous Houston team. Good true road win for Houston, however. Now, Thursday, November 21st, 2019 was the start of the 2K Classic, a two-day tournament benefiting the Wounded Warriors. The tournament featured teams like Duke, Texas, California, and Georgetown. 
The first game featured Duke against California. No contest. The other game was Georgetown versus Texas. Texas had a good run prior to losing to Georgetown on Thursday. They had an impressive win over Purdue, a true road game. They hit number 22 on the AP ranking, which was very good for their resume for the postseason. But they turned around and lost to an unranked Georgetown team by 16 points. Texas is going to have to get a little more consistency going in order to make the tournament in the postseason. The funny thing about these two teams playing each other is that they both needed a good season in order for their coaches to secure their jobs in the near future. Shaka Smart is in his fifth season with Texas, and so far, the biggest he's done is win the NIT championship. Not bad, though. Georgetown lost to Penn State in Washington, D.C., which made this sort of a bad loss for Texas. There's a very good possibility that we may see Texas fall in the top 25 come week four. Patrick Ewing has a little bit more time than Shaka Smart does. He's only in his third season as head coach of Georgetown, but he hasn't yet led this team to the tournament as of yet. On Friday, November 22, 2019, we saw Duke vs. Georgetown, Oregon versus Houston, and Texas versus California. Duke won the 2K Classic Championship on Friday against Georgetown. Surprisingly, Georgetown gave Duke a run for their money in the first half of the game. I thought for a minute that Georgetown was going to knock Duke out of the number one spot. I really liked the way Georgetown looked in that game. They even looked as if they were a good defensive team. Georgetown controlled nearly the entire first half, but the second half belonged to Duke. It may be a minute before anyone knocks Duke from the number one spot. Now, Oregon protected their home court on Friday against a good Houston team. With this win, Oregon should secure their spot at number 11 or better. So far, Houston has lost both a home game and a true road game. This Oregon loss does nothing to move the needle for either of the teams. Oregon was ranked number 11 in the nation, and plus they were playing at home. No one expected Houston to win this game. However, Oregon protected their number 11 spot. Houston lost to BYU on the 15th of November. BYU isn't considered a very strong team this year. A good team, but not a very strong team. So if Houston would have beat Oregon, then the needle would have changed dramatically because of Houston's loss to BYU. Texas played California in the third place game of the 2K Empire Classic. Texas won the game, but the win does nothing to move the needle for Texas. California is not a very strong team, nor have they won a game against any team worth playing. And on this day, Villanova, Utah State, and Xavier all won their games on neutral territory to secure their place in the top 25 AP poll. Number 17-ranked Villanova beat Mississippi State in the Myrtle Beach Invitational at the HTC Center in Conway, South Carolina. 15th-ranked Utah State defeated LSU in the Jamaica Classic at Montego Bay. And number 18-ranked Xavier defeated UConn in the Charleston Classic. Xavier won by only one point. This UConn team is not ranked, but any team that plays this team, ranked or not ranked, must come to play. On Saturday, November 23rd, 2019, we had a plethora of needle-moving games, starting with Ole Miss versus Memphis. We had a good one on Saturday with Ole Miss taking on Memphis at the FedEx Forum in Memphis, Tennessee. I love the way this Memphis team is playing this season, even without their star players, James Wiseman. However, Wiseman is not the only star on this team. This Memphis team is loaded with talent, and if Wiseman never got a chance to play again, this Memphis team will still be in the running for a national title. People quickly forget that Memphis has another five-star pro on their team in Precious Ochoa. He dropped 25 on Ole Miss on Saturday and snatched down 11 rebounds. 
over half of the Memphis points came from Ottawa and DJ Jeffries with the combined 48 points. Jeffries added on 23. Memphis is one of the top ball moving teams in the nation. They are ranked 17th in the nation and first in the American in assists per game. They are 7th in the nation and first in the American in block shots per game. They get to the free throw line more than any team in the nation. Memphis ranks 3rd in the nation and first in the American in free throw attempts. This Memphis team can also put a lot of points on the board, averaging 86.7 points per game as a team, the 13th best in the nation. Even though Ole Miss lost this game, I was impressed with this Ole Miss team. Keep in mind that this game was a close one. Ole Miss showed that they are going to be competitive against these top teams no matter where they are. I mean, they came up to the FedEx Forum and nearly beat Memphis, only losing by one point. I truly believe that this Ole Miss team has what it takes to finish at the top of the SEC, especially seeing how Kentucky has been struggling with some of these small teams as of lately. Now for DePaul at Boston College, DePaul is 6-0 for the season. Can you believe that? They have won two true road games this year so far against teams in major conferences. They beat Iowa at home on the 11th of November and Boston College on Saturday. But is it too early to start giving DePaul points towards the top 25 as of yet this DePaul team may surprise a lot of people this season which includes myself this team looks good together Paul Reed has stepped up tremendously and freshman Romeo Weems did a tremendous job in this game against Boston College he dropped 17 points in that game but the quiet assassin was Charlie Moore the transfer from Kansas Moore really changed the outcome of this team when he was granted immediate eligibility to play I know most of us rank DePaul to finish last in the Big East, but a lot of times the fate of the team can change quickly due to these relaxed transfer rules these days. And more and more players are being granted immediate eligibility more than any time before. Charlie Moore dropped 24 points on Boston College and had 8 assists that game. If most of these players return next season to DePaul, they could possibly compete for the top of the Big East next season. However, be careful playing them this season because they have proven that they are not afraid to play a team on their home court. They are bringing it every night. And as for my Arkansas people who like to keep up with their players from Arkansas, Darius Hall played 21 minutes in this game, snatching down 5 rebounds and scored 3 points in that game. Good job, Darius. Now, as for Penn at Providence, Providence gets a scar on their postseason resume with a home loss against the Ivy League team, Penn. This Pennsylvania team seems to step up their game when it comes to playing teams in a major conference. They beat Alabama at their home court on their first game of the season. Penn won that game 81-80, but they end up losing badly to mid-major teams such as Rice and Lafayette and True Road games afterwards. Then they turn around and beat a good Providence team. Senior Ryan Bentley was outstanding that game. He scored 22 points and snatched down 8 rebounds in that game. This is a very tough schedule for Penn, however. Four of their last five games were true road games. Penn is going to be playing Villanova at Villanova on the 4th of December. Villanova better be careful with this team. Speaking of Villanova, how about number 24 Baylor beating Villanova in the Myrtle Beach Invitational to move the needle for week 4 of college basketball? This felt like a postseason game, full of energy, and the game was close. How about sophomore guard Jared Butler putting on a show in the fourth quarter? He really helped turn the game around for Baylor. Butler finished the game with 22 points and 3 assists. 
Neither teams moved the needle by much, however. Villanova should remain on the top 25 after the loss because it was a neutral territory game and the score was close. Like I've mentioned earlier, Villanova better be real careful playing this Penn State team come December 4th. And now as for Bowling Green versus Cincinnati, a bad loss for Cincinnati on Sunday losing to Mid-Atlantic Conference Bowling Green in overtime at the Paradise Jam on neutral territory. Senior guard Dylan Fry was the hero for that game. Fry scored a career high of 28 points and had 9 rebounds and 6 assists to go with it. Bowling Green goes to 5-1 for the season, the only loss coming from a ranked LSU team in Louisiana. The only other loss for Cincinnati was their first game and first true road game of the season against a ranked and very good Ohio State team. Ryder slows down the momentum of Vermont by defeating Vermont at the Hall of Fame tip-off games on neutral territory. Vermont's only other loss came against a ranked Virginia team on November 9th at Virginia. Now on to Florida versus Xavier. A struggling Florida team beats a ranked Xavier team to slow down the momentum of Xavier. This is the first loss of the season for Xavier. However, Xavier hasn't yet played a ranked team or any other team that was expected to do well this season. The only other major conference team that Xavier has played this season besides Florida has been Missouri. And they were picked to finish 13th in the SEC by the media poll. Florida needed this win. They lost to a struggling Connecticut team and to Florida State earlier in the month of November. Expect Xavier to fall in the rankings after this loss. Now on to our Outstanding Players of the Week portion of our show. Our Outstanding Players of the Week portion of the show highlights players who have made a major impact on the college game this week. Who are they? Princess Ochoa of Memphis, DJ Jeffries of Memphis, Charlie Moore of DePaul, and Ryan Bentley of Pennsylvania. In the absence of James Wiseman, Precious Ochoa has been reminding the world that he is also a five-star recruit with two double-doubles in one week. Ochoa scored 16 points and snatched down 12 rebounds on the 20th of November against Little Rock and then turned around and scored 25 points and snatched down 11 rebounds against a very good Ole Miss team on November 23rd. Ochoa averages 15 and 8.3 rebounds per game thus far. Mark NBA draft boards have Ochoa predicted to go 11th in the 2020 NBA draft. DJ Jeffrey did his thing this week as well. He scored 23 points, had two blocks, and four rebounds in that Ole Miss game, which included a monster slam to put an exclamation mark on the game. Jeffries averaged 14 points that game. During the last episode of The Needle, we talked about how good DePaul's Paul Reed was. In this episode, we are going to talk about his teammate, Charlie Moore. Charlie Moore really changed the dynamics of this team when he was granted immediate eligibility. He dropped 24 points and had 8 assists in the game against Boston College. DePaul has a lot of players that could possibly return next season. If Moore returns as well, this team is going to be fun to watch next season. They are already fun to watch this season. Senior Ryan Bentley had a good showing this week as well. He dropped 24 points and snatched down 8 rebounds against Boston College. Bentley returns to college basketball after sitting out the 2018-2019 season due to injury. He is now healthy and ready to contribute as we saw this week. Now on to our new Coach Impact segment of the show. This portion of the show is brought to you by D1CoachCorner.com, your source for Division I college basketball coaches. 
In this new Impact segment of the show, we will be discussing coaches who have been head coach of a Division I college basketball team for no more than five years and who are on the upper trend towards taking that team to another level. This week's new coach Impact highlights Memphis coach Penny Hardaway. This Memphis team is looking good. Penny is en route to being the first good to great NBA player to ever be successful as a head coach on the Division I level. Even with problems associated with James Wiseman pledging the team, it doesn't affect this Memphis team because the talent is so deep. Looking forward to seeing good things out of this Memphis team in the future. Now, that concludes the show for this week. Join us next week at the same time and channel for a new episodes. We'll be happy to take one of your questions and comments on our Twitter for our next episode. Our Twitter handle is at D1CoachCorner. That is at D1CoachCorner. See you next week.